welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. It's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hello and welcome. Sorry, that was loud. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to the Jeff Macalino podcast. Thank you for joining me. Uh, today is the uh, resurrection of the lost podcast, uh, or at least half of it. Uh, so today's guest is David Milanos. And uh, Milanos, keep confusing the vowels. I should know better than that. Come on, Macalino. Do better, Macarena. Uh, uh, David and his wife, Sydney, uh, Cindy, were on my, now I'm mixing up consonants. Oh, boy. Uh, we're on my podcast, uh, or I should say we recorded a podcast. It was actually my first three-person podcast that I did. But like any threesome, unless, you know, you air it to the public, it's not real. <laughs> Sorry, that was not fun. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, relatively early on, several months into the podcast, I had uh, David and uh, Cindy on the podcast, and uh, we had a great time talking, and a couple of issues arose, uh, and it had to be delayed, mainly my fault. Um, had to be delayed, had to be edited, had to be approved, yada, yada, yada. And all of a sudden the file just was gone. It was gone from existence. David was kind of enough to come back on my podcast. Uh, Cindy could not join us, um, because, uh, of compliance concerns and whatnot. Uh, but Cindy is awesome. Best to her. Uh, and, but anyways, David, just talking about him. Uh, he is the uh, co-host uh, of Something on My Mind podcast. He's a finance author. Um, he spent over 20 years as a personal finance coach to help those that lacked personal finance education so that they could take control of their daily lives while planning their retirement goals. Uh, and he also uh, wrote his book called I'm Not Flipping Burgers When I'm 70, uh, which is uh, an intelligent read for people who want to be financially responsible. So anyways, David had a good sense of humor and uh, came back on even though our first episode was the worst no no I, I the worst feeling I ever had is when I realized I could not publish an episode that I spent over an hour of two people's time uh, to record. Uh, but David came back on, did the podcast, and was a good sport about it. He's a good guy. Check out something on my mind podcast after you listen to this episode with me and David Mulanas. Right, everyone. I am now so pleased to welcome, for the second time, kind of, uh, David Malas to the uh, Jeff Macalino podcast. David, how are you? Good. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me on and not airing the episode. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I promise this one will 
be aired. Now, I will say, if this laptop in the, in the process of the, the couple weeks before I air this episode, if this breaks, I'm going to take it as a sign from God that he doesn't want us on a podcast together. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll live with that. I'll, I'll, with that. I'll email you this time though. I, I, if the, if, if this computer breaks and this file is lost, I'm going to, I'll get on my phone and be like, Hey, God doesn't like us. Okay. <laughs> Not that's together at least. <laughs> Not together. That's right. Our worlds are meant to be separate. So for the, for the listener, um, I had David and his wife, Cindy on the podcast uh, probably nine months ago. And uh, I did something or said something incredibly stupid in hindsight um, that maybe not stupid, but potentially borderline illegal uh, on the podcast. And I know that sounds funny coming from someone who's talked about doing cocaine on his podcast before, but (laughs) I digress. (laughs) Um, and uh, I said, hey, I have to can this episode for a few months. And then there was a series of unfortunate in- events in the editing process that led to me no longer having possession of the file uh, of the <laughs> recorded interview. Uh, so I've, I've uh, long, I think I've even referenced it. I have one lost episode on the podcast, and that's the one <laughs> with David Cindy. <laughs> so uh, thank you for coming back on the podcast. <laughs> Listen, when they find that in like dystopian society one day and they're like, what is this thing? I think that's a podcast and it's going to be me and you and it's going to be so cool, but still worthless. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much the same result. They'll be like, oh, I think this guy, (laughs) this guy may have committed fraud of some sort. (laughs) (laughs) No, I and and I remember the, the episode, too, because I'm like. I was, I was recently reconstructing a new intro for my podcast. And at one point, either you or your wife had said something about uh, comparing me to Bill Murray. And I'm like, oh, I wish I had that soundbite to put in the intro. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, that was perfect. <laughs> that was my favorite one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was me or her. If it was really funny, it had to be me, of course. But Yeah, it I- was. I, I think it was funny. You can take credit for it. <laughs> She's not here to defend herself, so screw her. Yeah, well, and and I, uh, I, uh, luckily, I drink so much that I can still ask you some of the questions I asked you the first time, and we still have fun. But I want to, I want to start out with your podcast, uh, something on my mind podcast, uh, which is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's excellent. I, I, and I think it's frankly, I think it's blown up since we talked um, or, or so it seems uh, just from, uh, you know, I, I, I think you have ads you didn't have last time I had talked to you and I've been listening to it pretty regularly since we talked. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It, see- it's, oh. it, it's, and I listened to the one I, well, this episode won't come out for like two, two and a half weeks. So uh, it, it will be an old episode, but the, the one about buying a Tesla that I think came out today or that was, th- yeah, it was today. Okay. That, that that's one that it's like, this is a conversation I've had with so many people and they actually just intelligently address it from a financial, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, from talking to me, I'm pretty financially stupid. Um, 
and you didn't worry. Mid- Listen, I don't think there's any improvement in your future either. So don't even try. Just keep, drink, <laughs> just keep drinking. Well, I'll tell you this. My car is paid off. And I, my goal is not to uh, have a new car until I can afford a, uh, an electric DeLorean, which I did not know was happening until I listened to your podcast. Pretty cool, man. That car looks pretty badass. Got to tell you. Yeah. I was- well, I'm obsessed with DeLoreans. I've always wanted, uh, I've always I've always known it would never be actually practical for me to get a DeLorean, you know, one of the old ones. They were, they were pieces of shit. Yes. They were. You know, there are three gold-plated DeLoreans. They made mm. one gold-plated DeLorean every year they did it. And I'm like, man, you know how nice it would be to be rich enough to get one of those? I just, I, you couldn't drive it anywhere because you'd have homeless people scraping off the gold plating, <laughs> I yeah, presume. Well, they might, <laughs> might, might think it's not actually real, so they wouldn't touch it. That's but, true. They say, look, look at this old piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. You know, but cool. But what a cool car. I mean, even back for a car that's that old, usually, usually those cars get too boxy. Those cool ones that are sports cars. Um, but it still looks just still looks cool to me. If you ever, I saw one last week and like this, oh, it just gets cool. So the new one, we, I put it up on the video screen. It doesn't look like that, but it's still like, it's, I think the novelty of that car just will get fans buying it if they can get it to market. Just because cool stuff. And of course, the butterfly doors, which I know Tesla does that too. But um, I think that's with cool electric cars. I mean, you're the whole point, I guess, of this episode is um, hopefully, I guess, I mean, you must be listening, learning, and having fun. That's what we do. But in all reality, that Tesla is so expensive. So if it's not in your budget, you're not going to do that right now. Eventually, I think by the time you get to 2030, I think at least the government wants to have 50% of all cars be electric. So eventually, we're all going to get one and have one. And it seems like because they're, they, I think because they're conceptual, they, they're just cooler when they design them. They just look, they all look almost all look for the most part, pretty cool. Like I'd get in that car. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. And, and I think I've always been, uh, probably because of my background in, in auto insurance, I've always been the everyone should have a self-driving car as soon as possible. No, nobody. I actually saw a bit uh, just a couple of weeks ago on YouTube from a comedian. And I'm like, Oh, how did I not think of this? Uh, where the guy was going off, like, we're going to tell our grandchildren, like, you know, those cars that we get in that drive us places, you know, we used to operate those. And they're like, what, why would, why would a human being operate that deathly piece of machinery? Oh yeah, we passed the test when we were 16 and that's it. We just were able to drive the rest of our lives. It's ridiculous. And you know, it's, I know, I know so many people who are like, no, I'll never, I'm like, yeah, it's statistically undeniable that they're safer than humans. (laughs) You, your traffic patterns will be better. Um, The car will actually go faster than the speed limit. If the, if it warrants it, like on the highway, no one's there. And you're like, you could actually speed in those cars and not know about that per se now when you're like, I could get busted for a ticket. Like they'll adjust for every little thing. And, um, and eventually it just, they'll be better for the environment because they can make all, they can make those cars almost entirely recyclable. And that's another thing because you, plus when you get a car, your that new car smells a bunch, a bunch of chemicals and plastic. It's not good for you. It's, you know, I know. I, I don't know. It's funny. Cause I work from home all the time. And so, Say if you were going to work and sit in that car, you could do your work in the car and save time. So then 
I don't need to go to get in the car anyway. Like, so the usage of what you need cars in the future may also go down. Um, I just don't think we have a choice. We can go with a whole other environmental category, which we heard the prior week's episode was all about recycling. But these are the things we have to do, man. So if you're going to do this for the mainstream, it's usually you don't get a product on the whole that will be accessible to everybody roughly with the same time period where it's cool looking. Like the Apple, the iPhone was kind of like that. It came out in 07 yeah. and eventually got to the point where everybody would get one um, probably four or five years later, right? Maybe 12, 13 to 2012. And maybe these cars, if they're pretty much all they're selling and by the time you're doing them 10 years, you're going to be able to get a cool looking car, even if it's the lower version. And so I like that. You can have a cool, just watching a cool bunch of shit driving around on the road. I like yeah. it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the future is electric self-driving cars. I mean, and that's, I don't consider myself an environmentalist, not not because I'm saying anything negative. It's just like, it just generally doesn't, I, I remember hearing a, a, a scientist say, yeah, technology is going to take care of everything as long as we let it develop. Like we don't, we have to worry about climate change but we shouldn't as long as we just let, and that's part of it, you know, all electric cars that drive themselves, even if, uh, you know, this is one thing I've said, even if they were gas cars, they would be extremely more fuel efficient because the traffic patterns, you wouldn't have the stop and go traffic and stuff like that. You'd, right. you'd get way better fuel mileage. Um, and most cars actually have the technology to be self-driving cars already that are on the road right now. Um, it depends on the brand, but I, I know, I think Hyundai was like any car from 2006 on could actually be a self-driving car. If they retrofit it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's not, yeah. I personally, I think personal injury attorneys are part of the reason that we don't have those because that's a big industry in America. Uh, I could go into another one, <laughs> which, um, where, Every car should be installed with a breathalyzer. Mm. They do them now when you get a DUI and you get busted and they, they make you blow. So if you just install one like you do a satellite radio or an Apple car play now, it could be in there and you blow on that sucker. And I mean, it could even get it down to your tank with geez, even to the point that you probably couldn't have your like your passenger sheet. You could get pretty close to like pretty much saying, listen, if I blow, I can't, the car won't start. Right. Yeah, and then you would save court costs and, and injuries and deaths and, uh, you know, lawyer fees and all that courts and just, you know, it's the, that one alone could have been done so much long, long ago. It's just it's interesting, though. And I, I remember hearing someone say, well, you know, that the government, the police, they don't care about your safety because they sit outside the bar and wait until you leave the bar and get in your car to drive home. If they cared, they would stop you on your way to your car and say, hey, don't get behind the wheel. But maybe the rule is, though, they you have to show you doing an act that's uh, in error. Right. Judgment. But that shows they want to actually get the error and get the arrest, not prevent the crime in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, I think, it, though, in the world of those guys, and they probably have seen some horrific things, I think they could adjust to a world of not having to worry about busting people for driving if that just went away or largely went away. Because, you know, that's, you know, when you see one death, I'm sure you, it doesn't leave you or some mangled accident or something. My wife got hit by a car, you know, Cindy walking across the street. 
No, it's like, man, you don't want that. It's not, and it's not worth the money you get out of it. Even you can get paid all the money in the world. It's not worth it. No, or, no, no. It, trust me. Pe people, uh, uh, sensationalize the verdicts that people get. It's like, you know how much pain and suffering they actually went through to get that money. It's we not, know. It's I mean, not it's free funny. money. <laughs> and every, and I travel a fair amount. Every, every fucking state I go into, I'm going, as in, I'm going back to Florida tomorrow in May. And I was there in November and I was there three weeks ago. Now I'm not a Florida fan, to be honest, some parts. Yes. But it's like every new city, you get on the highway and you go right off the bat and it looks just like Michigan or California or wherever. It says billboards everywhere as some towhead looking dude going, you know, and it's just like, gosh, and then it's on TV and commercials and it's just like, it's everywhere you go. And it's like, I don't know, man, it's gotta be better at some point in life. Like it's like, if you watch this stuff, it's just like so negative, like just go away for a day and get and, and get rid of Samuel or, um, you know, all these people on TV. I'm sick of seeing the same people over and over. They're just monopolizing everything. Yeah. Well, don't, the, go, don't get me going there. Like Shaq, I love Shaq. He's been too many places. Snoop Dogg, he's everywhere. Jennifer Gardner and um, The Rock. The Rock needs to take a break. Boy, The, the Rock. Um, and he's a great guy out here. He gives a lot of great things. I don't do, care. Do you know, have you heard at all or seen his show, Young Rock? Just briefly, and I, it sounds like it's actually okay. Somebody told me that uh, the Ukraine, Zelensky, or whatever his name is, yeah. he had a show just like that before he became president. Oh, yeah. And his young rock is about the future rock running for president and retelling his life in the process. And it's like, is he actually going to be going, trying to be the president in a couple of years? I don't, I, I don't know if I... I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, if it's Trump versus Biden, I'd love to have the rock in there, I guess. <laughs> I gotta be honest, man. I'm not a big politics guy, but I, I know enough. <laughs> and I was in the car today and I'm just thinking that they're like the news. I'll catch Fox news when I actually drive for 15 minutes. It's the unbiased version on satellites. I don't think about their left-handed or right, whatever they right wing. I don't know, but they just give you some stuff and it's like oh, the egg roll at the white house today. And I'm just thinking, is that, that's not news. I, I, don't, care. I don't care about that. And then I started thinking, I'm going to get this straight. So we had Biden and Trump and our last two presidents. And no, and if you listen to the show and you're political and you don't like me for it, fine. I'm not political. I just think the quality of our candidates is so bad. Biden can't stay awake. And, and I don't care if you like Trump or not. He's a dick. And it's like, you know, and everybody's 80. And so could a guy like The Rock come in and, and speak intelligently and steal some votes and maybe do something good? I Nothing to me is out of reach anymore. Same. Well, I, frankly, I, I've, I, you know, and maybe I'm 35, so I'm now eligible to run for president. Um, but I, I have thought, would it be considered ageist to say, all right, you need to be 25 to be in the in the House of Representatives. You need to be 30 to be a senator, 35 to be president. You can debate whether those are adequate or not, but that's fine. Would it be ageist to say, all right, after 70, you're out. You can't run for re-election. You're, you're, you're past retirement age. And, and retirement's something I want to talk to you about, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but, well, then the last thing I'll say then on that is <laughs> once you're considered an adult, you can do everything, I guess, anywhere when you're 21. So aren't you being ageist by making the, the label, is it 30 for reps, 35 for senator, and 35 for president? That's right. 
So then why can't you slap a date or an age rather on the latter end of it? Isn't that, mm -hmm. wasn't that a great argument on the other side? Yeah. You need to be in your medical prime. And, and look, uh, you, again, not to go political, but Ron Paul, if he ran for president, I would do anything and everything. The dude's like 83 now to get him elected. He had a stroke doing a podcast. By the way, he had a stroke on a Friday. Monday, he was back at work. Oh, say, <laughs> did he have a stroke on your podcast? So that one can't get aired either? No, no, it was on his own. <laughs> oh, I totally have aired it, but yeah. Oof. <laughs> Yours is on video. They're going to show him. Oh, they, they, yeah, that video is out there. It, I, I actually, how much of a fan I am of his, I cried when I watched it. <laughs> they aired them having a stroke? Well, it was a live, uh, a live broadcast. Okay. So, you know, somebody, I don't think it's on their channel, but some, somebody got the live footage and. That's kind of like, um, the Oscars and we were watching something <laughs> else and I don't watch that, but something came up and then someone on YouTube posted it. And, and I'm thinking, okay, so then we flipped on the TV and realized that the reason it made it is because they don't have restrictions. I think it came from Australia. It was one of the places yep. where they just let things run. They don't have a seven second delay and that's why it showed up. So there's always, you're right. Or someone tapes it. They always. There's someone out there that has the full raw. Oh, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, yeah, which made it way more entertaining. I mean, you couldn't that you couldn't even write write that script what he did. So, you know, if you like entertainment, I think I think that was great. That was I was on that the Oscars was the day I was returning from a bachelor party from Costa Rica. Um nice. And we were on a uh a party bus from the Orlando airport back to St. Petersburg. And I, this is the first time I had had phone access in days. And all I'm seeing is Will Smith. I'm like, what the hell is going on out there? <laughs> I haven't seen the news in four days. And apparently, like, my first instinct was Will Smith died. But Right, right, right. No, he did something probably worse for his legacy. Than, than <laughs> and then he went up and, and accepted the award for, for the Academy Award, which is so strange. It's like... I mean, how you couldn't, you couldn't write. Sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Uh, no, they, from a, from a selfish standpoint, I was just like uh, seeing the reactions of anyone who's ever done stand-up comedy, even one time. It was like, oh, wow, you've got, you've got all of them uniting, <laughs> you know, yeah. the left, the right, all of them are like, yeah, fuck Will Smith. <laughs> Gosh, you know, the thing is if he was in a bar and he got slapped, it would be like, all right, break up the fight and no assault. And he didn't charge us. Listen, he just happened to do it in front of TV and it wasn't right. I mean, gosh, the guy, I hear that he's done a lot of great things for other people too in life. Like you can't judge everybody on it, but it was on TV. And it's like, okay, there's people who have done such worse things out there. It's like, if you don't want to go watch his movies, cause he'll have movies again and people are going to go watch him. And he's, he does very well. He's a good actor. He's a great actor. You know, you don't have to choose to listen, to watch it or listen to a song that you don't like by Cardi B or whatever. It doesn't, you know, pick anything. You don't. I, I watched iRobot with my kids yesterday. <laughs> I'm with you. It's like, he, like he, the, the bros are like, yeah, he slapped them. It's just he did it in the wrong place. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I do wonder from his career, weird tangent, but I do wonder if they will avoid casting him in some violent roles, at least in the near future. Uh, just because they don't, maybe they want to not make people think about, because one thing with Will Smith is he blends into his role very, you're not thinking, oh, I'm watching Will Smith. 
Uh, I was very skeptical about him playing the genie on the live ver version of Aladdin. Uh, and I don't know if you saw that, but he did great. I'm yeah. like, oh, he's going to suck. They should have picked. I thought Kevin Hart would have been great. Uh, just a, you know, big ball of energy. I'm like, Will Smith doesn't have that. He, he, he did it. And you didn't think I'm watching Will Smith. You thought I'm watching the genie. Um, Dude, Mel Gibson's still acting and he went out and almost won an award a couple of years ago for directing something. And he was way worse than Will Smith ever was. He, they get him on tape. Oh yeah. It's, yeah it's, Ru it's, Russell Crowe's got a, a pretty violent history too. Does he? <laughs> yeah. And I, someone told me the other day, like Marky Mark beats up Asian people and I looked it up and he's got a criminal history and he went to jail for it and a couple of some assault. And it's like, you know, it's all out there. It's just like, listen, he's a person. People, actors are people. People are people just because they're in famous roles in life. And I've, and with Cindy's profession, you know, we're around people who make a lot of money and they're billionaires and, or they're rappers and artists and race car drivers and athletes and blah, blah, blah. And me personally, I don't care. It doesn't do anything for me. It's cool if someone does something good on their craft. I appreciate that to the hilt. But outside of that, and I run into a lot of these people and always have. They're just people. People are just people. They just do something that makes more money than most, and it's in the spotlight. When you break it down, they shit, eat, and sleep, and do everything else like all of us do. And if you got them in a, a normal place and just hanging out and having a beer, they're just a person. Yeah. Well, I don't know if Jared Leto's a person. I think he's a, a weird. <laughs> he might be, actually, because there's he might be like, you know, Mark Liz or like Zuckerberg in lizard form. He probably is one of those aliens that live amongst us. And we yeah. just. Because I have my aliens list that I think people, when you see on TV, like, oh, that's an alien. Lori Lightfoot, Mark Zuckerberg. I'll throw Jared Leto on that list. There's a guy from, like, this Fisher Investments commercials. I don't know if you get him down there. They're Nash. You'll see it. But you'll see the owner. He definitely is an alien. Michael Jackson was an alien. They said the men in two, men in black, whatever. So, I don't know. Just... I don't know. Oh, yeah, they said Dennis Rodman was, too, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it would not surprise me in the least. He... He's hanging out around me, uh, not not physically around me, but he's like in the same county doing something. He's trying to launch a brand. I'm, you know, the episode after you might be me and Dennis Rodman. If, if he... <laughs> hey, listen, there's someone's got to warm up. <laughs> well, he, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, he's launching a new brand. I'm like, he doesn't have a podcast, does he? No, I'm like, well, he can come on mine and he, just see if he likes it. And then guys like, yeah, I'll ask him. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's not going to happen. But. Sometimes the worst they can say is no. You send an email out, you get it, you know, you never know. Yeah, I'm I'm still not good at the, uh, I need to get more balls as far as acting, asking, acting, asking. <laughs> you know, I just, I, you know, I, I basically, I stayed on this, this, this one site and people just get a hold of me. I don't really reach out to, them. I did in the beginning to get on some shows to build up. And then I'm going to shows that aren't big because I know how that is to start out. So I, I think I, I don't want to call it like charitable work kind of thing, but I understand it. It's hard to podcast if you want to make money, especially. So I do some of those, but eventually it does build up. And if they, you do enough research around and listen to a couple of shows, you realize the quality is good. Um, if you go to like listen notes, you can see where your podcast ranks things like that. See if, you know, see if their site's professional and all this stuff. And then you realize, okay, I'm talking to a pretty credible show. Yeah. And if you see advertising, you probably have done okay. So you put all this together, but then you also think, all right, well, I can't get on these shows or talk to these people because they're too big. And most time, most of the time is true, but you're willing to peck away at a hundred doors. You might get on one and the one could get you to another spot. And you just, it's like, it's the long game you got to play. It's not happening overnight and you got to be willing to get told no a million times, you know, to go get bigger people on your program, but 
you got to network a lot and you run to the right person, they might know somebody and they might, someone might do you a solid and you know, you're, you're getting an updated devil race hat. So. <laughs> hey, you, you'd be happy to know from a financial aspect, this, this is a fitted hat and I got this uh, purchased by a, uh, well, I shouldn't say the name of the company, but uh, my buddy works there and, and they have tickets and gift shop credits. So. Oh, all right. So it's the new era hat. Okay. Oh yeah. This is, this is a, uh, this is a $40 uh, fitted hat here. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's, good. Yeah, I, I, I wore this uh, when I coached flag football and Kevin Cash, the Rays manager, uh, because of the lockout, was at all of his son's games. So, okay. I, you know, I, I got to talk to him regularly. And last time I saw him, I'm like, hey, dude, are we going to have a season? You're not supposed to be here. <laughs> hey, then maybe you get him on your show. Here you go. Uh, yeah, I, I probably could have during the lockout, frankly. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> he had nothing else going on except for watching his son play flag football. <laughs> no, yeah, strange times, man. Yeah, the um, so for people who do not know and have not listened to his great podcasts, um, which your wife is no longer on, but you co- uh, you've got uh, Chase and Sierra uh co-hosting i got the yeah basically right, right? <laughs> yeah yeah no that's right good job so and listen i can't people someone actually listens you never know if those downloads are real dude no oh, uh, yeah i know <laughs> no i know i mean well, there's stats and how how long someone actually listens to your show is it like it's like 42 percent of people or something listen to a full-length episode and what constitutes a downloads a bunch of bullshit i know they have this iab stuff and you know they don't know it's like the super bowl and they say 200 million people listen to it it's like they do surveys unless they're, unless they're honing in on your TV and your URL and, or I'm sorry, your um, IP address. And they would know that other, I mean, then they create a statistical formula and they blow it out and they say this many people watched or listened. So what constitutes a download? If my phone automatically downloads your episode, does that mean his account? They're supposed to be. Yes. If you go to Spotify. They actually track. Like if you go to a minute, if you go, is it a stream? They're all different, but they come up with this code. So when your downloads come through, they say, well, we're IAB certified. I just, I think it's a bunch of hokey crap. I don't think they actually ever known what's fair to constitute what. I don't know. Like when you advertise, it'll you got to go far enough into the episode to buffer. So long enough to say, well, it's going to hit the mid-roll or long enough to go to get to the end roll or whatever they call it, that one at the end. In the beginning, you usually nail everybody. Someone's listening to your show because it's going to buffer automatically. So you always want to put them there. So that's what I know about it. But I will say that... Um, Cindy's line of work, um, they got it. They did an audit and said there was a conflict of interest for her to do that. And it's too bad because her, her and I can just go talk all day and never have to look at any piece of information. We, some of you give us a topic on finance and any sort, and we pretty much could just do it. Um, and then her son, my, my stepson, but our son, he was, we have a full length studio we built to here too. We got full cameras, we got TV, we got carts, we got switchers, we got everything. And so it's like, oh crap. So he couldn't do it either because he works there. And and then his girlfriend, you know, was with him. So now we just videotape it and do it. But I had to adjust. So I brought my son back on the show, and he works there. But he's um, just an intern, and now he's like an analyst who doesn't conflict right now. So we had to shift this. And then I found Sierra Podcast Movement, and then Cindy suggested her because we had her on the show, and she thought, well, we need another girl back there. And so we made we've just had all these adjustments, especially with her her accident and bouts of COVID, and I got. I'm okay. I'm gonna live. I got cancer for for real, and so um, like all these things happen, and yet 
people still listen. So something must be going right. So like, it's, it's like a business in a way things adapt and you gotta, you gotta hang out. So I guess, I guess the thought is the flavor of the show is still good. We try to be funny. And I think, you know, sometimes I listen to my own show in the car to see to critique. It's like, okay, I think we're doing all right. Cause otherwise you would have lost everybody and they're pretty much hanging around. So, so it's cool. Well, your topics are good. I mean, that's, I, again, the, the, the Tesla one is, is so timely because I think for a month now, people have been, I, you know, the, the joke was, uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg being like, oh, you can't pay for gas prices. Just go get an electric car. It's like, well, there's a bit of a flaw in your logic there, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, you know, it's been one of those things where it's been a, a debate among, uh, among, you know, I have some friends who are very well off and some friends who are more like me, who are like, I'm clinging on to my 2010 and <laughs> as long as I can. Um, <laughs> but that's but, not bad. That's not bad. Cars, I mean, Cars are the biggest waste on the planet, dude. Mm-hmm. They are the biggest waste financially on the planet. You you drive it off the lot, you, use, you lose 9%. That's the stat. Right off the lot and bring it right back in, in two days and we try to sell it, you'd lose 9%. I, I always, and again, I think it's probably because my auto insurance background where I dealt with people who, you know, their wife, uh, you know, broke her leg in a car accident and they were in tears about the damage to their car. Uh, or people who would call me screaming and irate because they somebody opened their door into into theirs and the a, a door ding and I'm like I never want a door ding to ruin my day, let alone my week. Where I'm, I mean, I've had people who, this was my baby. I'm like, I hope you don't have real children. <laughs> I mean, it, it's almost like look at your body. You're 50 now. Do you think your body looks like it did when it was 20? It's like you're gonna get some dings. Just someone can rub it out and you'll be fine. Yeah, but, no. So my philosophy has always been: I just want a car that can get me from A to B. You know, hey, the, my current car I have is actually one that I always loved the body style of, uh, the Chrysler 300. It's old, okay. but it, yeah. you know, it's only got 130 mile, 30,000 miles on it. It's got a lot of life left in it. Yeah. And it's like, I like the body style. I like driving it. I, 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 those are not even prerequisites for me owning a car. It's just getting from A to B safely. That's my brother. My brother (laughs) makes a very nice living uh, and uh, he drives cars that are, I mean, I've driven mine on the ground, but he'll drive like a a 2008 um, Ford escape or something. And you know, it's rusting out in the tailgate. He doesn't care. Yeah. And you would, the thing is, I think people judge people by the, a lot of times by the cars they drive. And there's some truth in that, but based on what I know and my world of finance with Cindy and this, all these years and just people we've known and clients, uh, more often than not, those cars that are being driven doesn't mean they can actually afford it or, you know, down the road, they're going to be screwed because they're buying things they really can't afford. A lot of it's just a show. Mm-hmm. And these days, cars are much nicer anyway. You can get good gas mileage and go as um, drive them for many miles and not have to worry about it. So it's like this. It's kind of like you don't go to, you go, you know, I'm going to hang out with my rich friends tonight. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to hang out with my my poor friends. I'm going to go hang out with my buddy. He drives a 2010, you know, 300. Like, you don't say that. If they're friends, you don't care. You just don't. Yeah, yeah that's the... Uh... And, and you know what? If I if I got super rich, I I would probably end up buying a Tesla just for the convenience and the the electric, you know, 
switching from gas to electric and all that. Um, but if that didn't exist, that technology, I, I would not even consider replacing my car. I'd be like, I, I don't, I don't need a new car. This one works just fine. Why would I get a new car? Um, just now, I, I remember having, and I only bring this up because I know this buddy would never listen to a podcast, let alone my podcast. But, but he, yeah, that's how it usually is. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, he uh, he had a, a nice BMW or Mercedes, whatever it was, uh, and he made fun of me for my car. Meanwhile, I live in this nice, you know, three hundred plus thousand back then. Now it's crazy amounts of money i live in this nice two-story house he lived in a shed this is not even legal he lived in a shed that he put a little wall banger ac unit in behind his grandparents house and he made fun of me for my uh, driving a hyundai sonata while he was driving a you know a bmw mercedes whatever it was a nice car but it's like he's like you got to up your car game i'm like you live in a shed shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah yeah, what is it with the car? What is it with the car that represents like style? Because because you're moving around everywhere, so you, mo- many people can see it. I it, I know. Yeah, I I would uh, I would. It's like rather... the, he reminds me. I was gonna say he reminds me of um, Wedding Crashers with um, uh, what's his oh shit, what's his name? I'm blanking out. Will um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, right? And so. Um, you know, they go to his house and he's living at home with his Ma. mom. Ah, meatloaf. Right? He's like a badass. He lives with his mothers. Of course, yeah. of course he was still nailing, still taking home this hot pieces of ass, but maybe uh, they don't so come back. So my buddy, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they'll come back the next day because when they're already drunk, they're just going to, they're going to go through the experience. They just may not see him a second time, which probably means it's okay. Yeah, well, I, I think... I think at a certain point, it's like, all right, he lives in a shed. I'm here. I might as well do the deed, but I'm never talking to this guy again. <laughs> yeah. Just a hunch. That's awesome. Just a hunch. <laughs> Just wait till his parents give him the house. <laughs> well, I was smart enough not to not to go too into detail, but I was smart enough one time before Uber was really a thing uh, that was, you know, reliable. Like, you, you, you know, you just couldn't get an Uber half the time. Um, I had a girl drive me home after a a night at her place and she pulled up. She's like, do you own, is this your house? I'm like, no, it's my friend's house. I'm sleeping on his couch. I'm homeless. (laughs) Just because, well, probably not a, not a a stellar endorsement of my own character there, but. (laughs) Well, did, did she just, did you just leave after you, did you, did she park with you or did you just leave? Oh, she, she let me out. I, I I wanted it to end there in the driveway. <laughs> All right, so you so mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Yes, yeah. If I was trying to impress her, I would have, I would have definitely gone. Yeah, oh yeah, I own it. It's all paid off. No mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Can't you tell? Yeah. Come on, can't you tell by the Hyundai Sonata in the driveway that I'm loaded? <laughs> hey guys, this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Geology. This award-winning men's skincare company will formulate a customized skincare routine just for you using a handful of powerful, proven ingredients that have been trusted by dermatologists for decades. If you suffer from acne, dark eye circles under your eyes, wrinkles, sensitive skin, or like me, you just don't want to look old, look no further. 
Go to Geology, click on the link below in my show notes, take their 30-second diagnostic quiz, and their team of dermatologists will design and ship a regimen directly to your door. It's that simple. Start today. Uh, You can get a 30-day trial of their four main products that I have, their Everyday Face Wash, Vital Morning Face Cream, Repairing Night Cream, and Nourishing Eye Cream. Head to Geology at the link below and check it out. Take care of your skin. What I so I wanted to uh, I did want to talk to you a little bit because I've gotten really weird and philosophical about the idea of retirement, uh, and I I, I I think it's a a philosophy I actually came up with, and then a friend referred me to a book called "The Cafe on the Edge of Nowhere" or something to that effect. It's a very highly sold book. I'm sure if you Googled that, you you would get close enough to it. It's a small book. And I'm like, oh, this reiterated exactly what I've been saying to everyone else. Um, and you know the my backstory a little bit because, you know, the Lost podcast. Um, but I, I had a successful, but not, you know, not making a, a I'm not rich. Uh, but I had a successful career in insurance and I was moving, you know, progressively making more money every year. Um, I quit, you know, unfortunately I filed my taxes uh, last week and I made more money working eight months last year than I did 12 months the year before. Uh, it's like, oh, so, so I was, you know, doing pretty well for myself. And uh, I, I left the job because I wanted to pursue my passion. Um, and, and in pursuing that, by the way, it, it just avenue after avenue opens where it's like I've got potentially I might be narrating a, a documentary that's going to be, you know, aired on Netflix. I'm oh, like, nice. oh, that would be great. Um, you know, potentially doing that. So, so connections and avenues open. And it's all stuff I love doing. Um, and I hated my old job. I just, you, you, have you seen the movie Office Space? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, when he's talking to the therapist, he's like, I, every day I wake up is the worst day of my life because it's, every day is worse than the last. That, it's not good when that line, that little monologue actually is like, oh, that's me. That's that's because me. you it's because you were in, in insurance. Yeah, well, it was. And, and you know what? The part of it, too, to, to get real in depth, part of it was I would see things and read about things. You know, I dealt with some high value claims, which meant death and, you know, mm-hmm. disfiguration and stuff like that. And I would have vivid dreams. I, I still have vivid dreams at night, but I would constantly have vivid dreams where mainly, honestly, my kids would be suffering those injuries. Um, and it was like, this is just like, you know, even when I'm sleeping, I'm being haunted by this. And, you know, it is what it is. I can't imagine, you know, my, my brother-in-law is a, a firefighter and they obviously see more gruesome shit than I've seen in my lifetime in probably a week. That's what my uh, nephew's about to do. Yeah, it's you. You've got to have the the stomach for it and the brain for it and all that stuff. And I I don't. I mean, I, you know, I don't. It's not my choice. First of all, 
I have more vivid dreams than anyone I know. So it's, you know, that's obviously not my choice. I like it, but I like when they're good dreams, not bad dreams. <laughs> um, so, so the whole thing just, it was just never ending, just constantly. I mean, I literally would drop my kids off at Sunday school, drive home and drive back an hour later. And the whole time in my car, I was visualizing them falling down the stairs or getting hit by a car. It just, it, it tortured me. Um, and it substantially laid off when I left, but my philosophy uh, to, <laughs> to get less into me and more. Into hey, listen, you can, you can talk all day to get to your point no one else is listening. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) David's actually playing uh, 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 Pinochle on his phone or solitaire. I don't know what you play on your phone. (laughs) He was acting like he cares. David's acting like he cares. He's nodding his head and looking somewhere. (laughs) Jeez, when did we start this thing? Uh, It feels like hours ago for you probably, but it was only about 40 minutes. ago. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So what's your fucking question? So, so retirement to me, it's like, it's kind of, I don't think it's a necessary thing for most people. I think if you're doing a job that you can physically perform and you love doing and you can make enough money to pay the bills. Now, again, I, maybe I come at this as someone who drinks so much that I assume I'm going to be dead before I'm 80 or 70, 60. Uh, but regardless, it, it's like, you know, if you just love what you do, you don't have to work to retire. You can work to enjoy your life, make enough money to, you know, hopefully throw a few bucks away in case of emergency or whatever. Um, but I, I think too many people work jobs that they feel like are, is, is torture to them. Again, like me with working in insurance, frankly. Uh, and they just think, all right, well, I just need to make it another 20 years and then I can retire and enjoy my life. When also, by the way, most people's lives, you know, if they enjoyed their life at the age of 35 on, as opposed to, you know, 65 on, they're going to be healthier, more able to travel, um, more wanting to be active. Obviously different people have different, you know, health and all that kind of stuff, but, I, I think sometimes the whole retirement game is not healthy mentally. So I don't, you know, obviously I want to ask a financial guy about a mental health question. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I just woke up. So no, <laughs> no, that's cool. No, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, and we could go on for this all day. And so I'll try to like abridge some of this, but First of all, financial wellness is not taught in this country for the most part. I know Florida just put a law in a place, at least one half credit, mm-hmm. but it does not taught. And if our country cared about teaching that they would, because we're a country built on debt, we're built on a society to actually pay other people over time. So these businesses can make money. That's just the way it is. Otherwise they would teach it where our national debt clock goes up 200 million every, every two minutes or a minute with some crazy number. Um, so right there, there's right off the bat. And then you get all these generations of people who aren't good with their money because three quarters of all people can't retire. Um, that means you can take Medicare at 65. And then if three quarters of all people have paycheck to paycheck and they can't retire at 65, they're not retiring at 75. They're not retiring pretty much whenever, unless you're in an industry that makes you do it or you can't do it. So 
the attainability to truly retire is almost, I don't want to say a fallacy, but it's, it's probably there, especially with how expensive it is to live today and what people are making when they're entering the workforce. So they're already screwed, to be honest. Um, so if they have no skills to manage their money on top of that, they're still screwed. So then you got the society of people going right now, I don't want to work for the man, but you, you, most people are still going to have to work for the man. Like, you know, so they're holding out, but they don't have any wealth. They don't have any backing. They don't have any, any like constitution to things. And they're just kind of feeling things out, I think. And I get why people don't want to, to go into the office. I get all of that. And, 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 and technology has created a lot of that too, with the phone and the capability of computers and they'll be able to go do anything anywhere. I think it's all awesome. But if you want to, I guess, quote unquote, on retire, I think you got to understand what retire means. Do you want to stop working? Because if you do, the rule is basically you need 80% of your replacement income as you did from your, if your first day of retirement is the last day you worked. And that thought is you have your house paid off and you have your cars paid off. And if you have kids, they're grown. And if you're not paying for college or if you do, that's paid off. Like these bills should be coming down. Your auto insurance should be cheaper. Your groceries should be cheaper. All of the things per se should be lower uh, considering you're in health. And so um, that's the problem is that um, if people don't get there, they can't get to the 80% goal. And then you get fire movement. People who are like, well, I want to, I want to retire when I'm 40 with my million dollars, but like they're eating ramen noodles every day to get there. And then they, they also don't have any money to go do certain things or they can't plan for their kids' weddings and give them money or they're not paying into social security, which you should not rely on, but they don't do that. Um, if they have a big health problem, is their insurance good enough? Like all these things get in the way. Health insurance alone will keep you working. So, you know, unless you get a good plan through the exchange. So we go in, hey, then I don't want to go on tangents, but the point is, I'm with you. If you can find something you like to do, that's a great start because about 85% of all people don't like what they do for a living or their degrees aren't in the fields that they actually work in. So that tells you, and that's okay. You got to figure it out. And you're typically in your twenties. You don't, you don't know crap. Some people don't mm -hmm. figure it out at all. And you know, um, you're 35 and just flipped something and went backwards, which I think is commendable because you could always go back. So it's not like people have to realize you may not get at everything right away. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, for example, and not work for the man, you're going to have to work your ass off to get there. And number two is you might not get there right out of the gate. You could go work in an industry for a while and learn and meet people and do things and then go there. Or you can do what you did and then go flip back. Or you could be a fire person and realize I don't like living frugally. So I can go back and, I, and I'm already great at saving my money. So my point is you have to look at things in, in like layers, like how you want to do it. And I'll give you... A great example. I'm 52. Cindy's uh, almost 56. So we could retire today. But also, you have to stay active and move around. What am I going to do? And we live a really nice lifestyle. And we've worked for it, man. So even though we could we could do it, I'm like, Cindy, like we're in that prime right now where the money is really good. And it's like, if we go a little longer, the kids are out of the house. They're already grown. Um, they really literally don't live at home. And they're under 20, 26 or under. So we have a nice. total achievement. And, um, so the thought is, what are you going to do? And now do we have plans centered around this podcast and our book and her life and her all this? Yes, we have stuff in the, we can make and go do things, but you have to stay active on top of, you can't just retire and do nothing. And if you do nothing, you're going to spend all your money. I guarantee it because you have to, you're going to do be active somewhere doing something. You're not going to sit around getting fat, watching Netflix. That's, that's not what's typically going to happen. And I saw my grandparents do it, but they were in their eighties and he just gave up and didn't care. So and you could live to a hundred these days. So yes, you got to like what you do and you got it. You have to plan. 
Like as soon as you make money, you should be putting away money. And if you want to invest in yourself for a while to build it up and I have a lot of net worth, that's okay if you're trying it out. The younger you are with less responsibilities and less kids, that's where you should try it to your best ability if you can. And then, because the later you wait, the longer it takes. And the longer you take to put money away, the percentage goes up so much higher that you have to put away in order to actually retire if you wanted to. So as soon as you make money, um, as soon as you have an ability to go live on your own and pay your bills, you should never do that and not be able to put money away. Otherwise, you should not be moving out. You shouldn't do that. And from that beginning standpoint, and go use Google. No one uses Google. You could listen to my show for nothing. You could go buy yeah. your next door book for three bucks on a used hard copy um, shelf. Like the resources are there. So you got time to figure it out typically when you're young, but you, but you can't be dicking around either. Like you still have to have purpose or something. Do something that's of value. So if it doesn't work out here, you did something over here that you can look back on and it's mine and I might be able to use it somewhere and apply it. And so you'll keep an irons in the fire. So that's why you could go back and work insurance or something insurance related or another industry because you had experience. If your comedic career doesn't work out, that's okay. You still got kids that you love. You have a place to live. You got a car you're cool with. Like you can go, like you should actually, you probably feel free right now as an example. And then yeah. you'll pivot when you need to. So I'm not going to lie to you. Does money make, does can money make you happy? Yes, it does. Um, but underneath, it won't make you happy if you're not good with yourself in life. But it can make it a lot easier and give you a lot of perks. So when someone says they don't care about money, I think mostly that's not true. Yeah, there is a uh, there's a sense of like people who literally have zero money. They they seem to maybe they're not. I I can't. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it. They seem to be carefree. Um. But anyone who ever has owned anything in their life needs money <laughs> to function. I feel like I, I know, you know, I know some people who just never have had money and uh, they get government assistance and all that stuff. And they, they don't need money. They don't need a job. They get their pay. But anyone who's ever owned a car, a house, a, a, gone on a vacation, I mean, you, you, you need it. You can't exist without it. It's kind of like levels. Like there's people like, I mean, I've been fortunate. I worked for what I have. I learned a lot. Um, I worked my way up all the years I worked at 14 years old. Like I know what it is to make a buck. Um, but it's kind of like your people going, um, I'm in Michigan. It's like, well, I've, I've never traveled out the state of Michigan. Our trips are always in Michigan and that's fine. It's a beautiful state. It's one of the greatest places, greatest places to visit even living here. Um, but then like, well, some people say I've never been on a plane and I know some people can't, I get that. But if you, again, if you're out, if you're out paying your own bills, then you should be able to save some money to do that once in a great while to see what it's like. There's so much to explore and experience. And so again, some people are comfortable in that little world, but I think overall, I don't think that's true, man. I just don't think it's true. Someone would love to be on a plane instead of driving to Florida. If they told you no way, I would like, it's like, come on, sell it to me then. Like take the simplest thing that they would, this, nah, you know, because they, they, they act like, ah, I don't want to do that. that. That would be like, like a hassle. It's like, that's those, the people brush it off when underneath it's like, I'm just, you're not, no way. I'm not, I'm not picking up what you're laying down, dude. I just, I don't think that's the case. And you have, you have to make money to do shit. I mean, yeah. I mean, especially traveling and you know, it's like, you know, you could stay in a Motel 6 or you could stay in a Marriott. 
like there's a choice. You could buy a lower level rental car or buy a um, you know a, um, a Corvette for that week. You you could get you know it, it what kills me is people who um, buy houses, how much money they blow on houses. There's this great show. We did a show on it. I don't think it's still there. Go listen to that one. You, it's called like Marriage or Mortgage, but it's off the Netflix show. And they would say, hey, well, I got 25 to 35 grand, these couples, and then they have to go down and get pitted against the wedding or the, um, or the, or the house. And how many people chose the marriage over the house? And you'd be, it'd be like, <laughs> like you sacrifice your futures. Like what's more important? And people don't, they're just not grounded enough to hold out a little longer and maybe not make as much, but they could do more later if they just sucked it up for a little while. And they got in that FOMO thing, they got to get past the FOMO thing or even in the internal FOMO, they could just hold on a little longer and watch the game on TV. Cause you can't go to it. And maybe you took a walk in the park um, because you don't have time to go to some event that costs you 10 bucks, you know, whatever, like, you know, there are people who do that and eventually they come out ahead because once you go through that experience, typically you don't screw your money up after that. So when you do make more, if you make more, then you start keeping it because you start respecting it. So you got to feel like what it tastes like a little bit, but people can buy on credit and they get screwed and they probably will never get out. And that's just the way our society works. But man, if you have money, it's just, there's so many ways to save money without sacrificing your life. Or if you sacrifice it just for a little while, and I guarantee you, like most people won't go to the dark side, dark side. They don't be, they don't go hang out like Luke and dark theater. Don't hang out anymore. Like they won't do it. <laughs> he cut his arm off. He's pissed, but he's like, dude, I'm not hanging out with you, dad. Sorry. And so that's what happens. They don't, they don't flip over. I could go on this all day. I've seen, I've seen it up and down. It's like Cindy had a negative $1,200 when I met her and she worked in finance and I've eaten dinner in billionaires houses and I've seen it all. And the bottom line, like I said earlier, people are people. It's all your own individual thing. You got to care about what the hell you're doing. Don't worry about anybody else or the lifestyle creep or the FOMO or keeping up with the Joneses. If you got a goal and a mission to get somewhere and you're focused, you'll probably get there. And when you're done, you'll never look back. And then you'll be later on in life where you'll be able to do things in a comfortable way where a lot of your peers won't be able to do that. And that's what happens is that's the end game that people can't look at. And then they don't. And because of that, they're screwed later. Yeah, it, it's too much of the uh, the FOMO, the YOLO attitude that, that uh, again, and this is people my age, I turned down a, uh, I was going to make another joke about Costa Rica with the uh, ladies of the night, but I'll go highbrow and, and make a joke about, uh, well, not even a joke, a, a serious comment. Uh, the we were taking bus rides from the hotel to the airport the last day. And the day before a guy's like, I got a helicopter, you know, it can take four of us with the weight limit. Uh, you want in and I could pay for a quarter of it. And I'm like, it'd be great, but I need to keep that money. I, I can't spend that money in good. Like I, I could afford it. It's mm -hmm. not that I don't have the money. It's that I, it's a bad decision for me at this moment to spend that money on a luxury when I've already paid for, you know, a van ride to the airport. I think the average American, we just did this, we, we doubled episode because I'm going on vacation, but the ones coming out next week was, an, are, are you saving enough? Are you saving enough? Pretty much. And the, I think the average American we went through is like has $61,000 in their retirement account. 
but you're talking all adult, all through the gamut of people. And that's, that's just absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's just absolutely nothing. And so, yeah, I know the helicopter guy would have been cool, but it's like that what happens is when they're all talking about it, when you're hanging out and you're like, kind of like have to sit that one out and you know, when they're talking about it and you're like, but you know, so you'll stare off at the baseball game for half an inning and that's okay. And you'll listen a little bit and it's cool and you'll be fine. But you know, if you look back and your bank account has a few more dollars in it and you're saving some things and, and working towards your plans, you feel so much better when you go to bed every night. And that's mm -hmm. what you have to realize. You know, I don't, I don't, how do, I don't know how people go to bed at night who are just full of debt because they chose it and they just, how they sleep that off. And then they see the bills come in and like, well, I'll get myself make the minimum payment. So I'll get the next card. Well, I'll put some more on there. I'm like, Oh, it's, it's like a, it's like a, um, like someone just taking a knife in your leg, like in a movie, you know, they always stab someone in the leg with a knife in the movie, the short knife. So always in the side, right? Yeah. You're just clawing it in there. And you'd like, that's what it, that's what it would feel like to me. Or like having to go to school every night before a test. Like that's like stuff that just lingers. And it's like, I don't want to live like that. No, it's, uh, and, and I have, I mean, you know, uh, and it's all, and you uh, in the podcast again, for, for my listeners, this is a few weeks old, his podcast that I'm referring to, but where you're talking about the, the purchase you regretted the most, I'm like, Oh, don't make me think about some strip clubs that I've gone to. And <laughs> did you go on nine by nine special nine dollar beer night? Is that what you did? Uh, I was <laughs> one night I went on like six thousand dollar private room with two women night. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, that was a well, and, and again, this I've shifted my philosophy, but frankly. My credit limit on a credit card that I did not use was $3,000. And for some reason, they increased it to $9,500. And in my mind, that meant, all right, there's money I can spend on this card. I just had gotten divorced. So I think, you know, mm -hmm. mentally, I was not really in a, well, I was definitely not in any sort of a personal responsibility, you know, thought process. I get it. I yeah, I there. made up I made up most of that in one night. So was that with just the two girls and you? Just it was all this okay. How long was it? How long did that last? I think four or five hours. Oh, really? I mean, to in fairness, I was getting free drinks. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that totally makes up for so it. So I got one or two hundred dollars of drinks in there. I'm uh, sorry. Who was I to judge? <laughs> and and in fairness, it was Princess Jasmine and Wonder Woman because it was Halloween weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah you know i was always a linda carter fan as a kid man so. yeah it uh in hindsight again it doesn't make it any better <laughs> but it's a great story hey you know what this is good fodder for your for your comedic routine though you got to throw you can bake that in there somewhere oh yeah yeah i'm just trying to figure out if i can write off something from uh 2014 <laughs> on my taxes it paid off eventually in my comedic act <laughs> Yeah, maybe you can refer back for using it at a show for your revenue. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's actually, there you go. You got a little skit right there, like the worst thing you ever bought. And you just, you can oh, yeah. into I, it, right? I, I literally could have bought a car for what I spent for that one night. 2014, yeah. Yeah, I um, mean, a used car, of course. But yeah, that was, uh, that was, I was, I was sitting there and uh, Sierra was talking about her, her ghost experience. And I'm like, come on, that's amateur hour. <laughs> she, yeah, that's, that's $50. Yeah. 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 If I had spent $50 on that, 
greatest night of my life. <laughs> is that one of those clubs that let, like, let you do anything they want? Like, cause no one knows. Uh, once you pay for the private room, you kind of get, it's kind of a free for all negotiation kind of thing. So that's like that movie, um, hustlers. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't gone to a strip recently. club since, since watching that movie, believe it or not. You what? <laughs> I have not gone to a strip club since watching that movie. Oh, that's hilarious. I thought it was, I, I'm not a big JLo fan. I think she's not a great actress, but, but I like this. I like true stories and, uh, yeah. That, uh, that, like, I just, it just opened your eyes, especially what they were doing. Um, it reminded me of that a little bit, but you, you know, you chose it willingly, but, you know, at I, drinking and just, you, they didn't need to coerce you, but. I have been, uh, if my mother listens to this podcast, she's not going to like this, but I've actually come out of multiple blackouts in private rooms at a strip club, meaning maybe two or three times. And fortunately, you know, give some shout out to Blackout Jeff. He he's done me well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've never, you know, I never had to uh, wake up and see that every card in my wallet was drained to the max. Like I, you know, I I I've you know give give, give credit to to I, I refer to him sometimes as Hulk and I'm Banner. If you get the Marvel reference. <laughs> So yeah. give credit to Hulk. He's, he's, he's stuck to, you know, paying more than he should, but not just handing the card over or getting drugged. Well, you know, he, he matured in the Marvel movies where he just knew that he couldn't keep a good, good relationship with Johansson. So he had to just <laughs> leave. So eventually it didn't get there overnight. Like he did blow his money and he screwed up a little bit. He ripped his pants too many times, but you know, basically, yeah, he came, he came wise and now you're even killed. Yeah, but Blackout Jeff is basically like a Hulk and Thor Ragnarok. It's, you know, a little evolved now. <laughs> it's like those people that um, that I know that they're really fun and they find you find out that um, they're that way because they drink too much and they're great to hang out with, but they're coherent typically. Like, they're you know, you can have conversations and they remember what you talked about and all that. And then they realize they can't do it anymore or they get a, a heart problem or like I've seen all this in my life. And then... Um, or they stop rightfully so. And I'm glad they did it, but then they beat the promise. Then they're so boring. You can't hang out with them. Yeah. I I'm, I'm luckily, I was that person in 2014, by the way, where I, I was, I used to, I used to, again, not a healthy thing. And, uh, I wasn't into Marvel at the time, so I, I couldn't make the, the Hulk fan, but I used to say I'm, I'm Danny Tanner, which is the dad from full house or I'm Charlie Sheen. Like uh, ah. I'm, if I have my kids, I'm, I'm, you know, super straight laced dad. If I don't, I'm a degenerate who will do anything. Uh, not anything for the record. I'm not that I'm not Charlie Sheen level, but <laughs> mainly because I don't have his money, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I could tell you things I just, but I can't tell you. <laughs> It's, you know, what's funny is I've, I have thought, and I, I, I remember I worked for the Rays for five years while I was in college, I worked for the Rays. Um, and by the way, I, I, I should mention the, you were talking about marriage or a house, uh, marriage or a mortgage. And, uh, I made a financial decision to go to USF for, I see that. Yeah. For, yep. I got paid in four years to go to college and I lived at home because my parents live in, in St. Petersburg. Uh, I lived at home. I got paid 
25 grand ish over four years. Plus I worked for the Rays hourly making a very low hourly wage, but sometimes I worked 80 to 90 hours a week. Yeah. So I was able to afford a wedding and a mortgage because I didn't go to an expensive college because I kind of realized, and fortunately my expensive college, nope, that's the wrong word. Unfortunately, my (laughs) expensive college that I got a full ride to was Loyola in New Orleans. And my freshman year, I would have been sent back to USF because Katrina hit. So Uh. I, I would have, in essence, lost 25 grand in scholarships to USF and still gone to USF when all was said and done. So, you know, somebody was looking out for me making that decision, 18 year old me. Um, but my, my years working for the Rays were also, you know, thing I could never, it was the greatest thing that you could experience in life. Um, I, I always say Joe Madden's the first person who took me out for drinks when I turned 21. It's like, that's, that's a pretty good, pretty good oh, life yeah. I led at a, <laughs> at a young age. Um, I'm going to say my daughter, my daughter worked for the lions mm. as an intern and then they didn't hire anybody, but she's really good. Like she's, you know, these jobs are like one in 400 to get. Mm-hmm. And then um, she did so well that she got referred and by some big people. Um, I got the interview for Cleveland, the Cavaliers before she got the referrals and she just got the job. We moved her to Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. So she's in that sports world like you in her second. Now this is a real job. So she got it. She's living in a high rise now and apartments and like it's it, it the sports world's is cool shit it is yeah it, yeah you can't deny that it's tough work and it's some bad hours sometimes but but the amenities and the coolness you can't you, you can't you can't it, um, nothing compares to it in a lot of ways no well i i got that realization because i was a part-time employee at age 19 or 20 and they auctioned off at a charity auction to be my intern. I mean, it was not literally my intern, but it ended up, you know, it was my department's intern and they just stuck him on me. And this was like a 45, 50 year old dude who spent thousands of dollars to intern me for a weekend. And I'm just this college kid making six sixty-seven an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, I made a couple thousand dollars for this guy to, intern me (laughs) i'm like this is a you know this is a successful guy who can afford that kind of money just to follow me around in the press box and the locker room for a weekend and it's like i i've got a pretty cool gig here (laughs) if if grown people are willing to spend money to to shadow me yeah no kidding because no because there's this so there's 120 major sports franchises in this country maybe 100 you throw in soccer now but there's not a lot of them out there, man. They're coveted jobs. I, I mean, I know we. I love it. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm happy. So happy for her. She gets to do this stuff. It's yeah, just that's... cool. And then she can take it anywhere. She'll be in the industry from here on out. At 22, she's already there. Oh yeah, yeah. Already. And she she can uh, she can shift to whatever sport she wants. You know, it, it's a it's a good it's a good gig when you when you get in, you make connections that. You know, I still talk to people that I know solely because of that time. And, you know, this is I'm 13 years removed from working for the race. Yeah, um, I love it. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. Um, David, I want to uh, make sure you plug your book, your podcast, your socials. 
Uh, I do have one one thing. I don't think you've addressed this on your podcast because I there's no way I would have missed it. One one thing, and you you don't need to answer this now, but maybe this is worth looking into. I've always thought. Now I have two kids, and I drive them to school when they're with me. So three days a week, in essence. I'm driving them to school. My son goes, you know, his school's 40 minutes away because he goes to a special gifted school. Um, he's going to be an X-Man when he grows up. Um, <laughs> but, Maybe he'll uh, get scholarships. He can wipe that off. Good. Well, it's a it's a public school, but it's a, but yeah, no, he he should be able to get into college for free. He's a, yeah. He, he watched the movie Moneyball with me this weekend and he's like, you know, the math part of this movie is much more interesting than the baseball part. I'm like, Kind of glad you said that. He's nine. I like, but you know what? <laughs> he's right. I think this the math. He's right. Good for him. Love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I. Love I, it, man. I my daughter, meanwhile, is in sixth grade, and she's in a theater program, so she you, she might not go to college. But <laughs> <laughs> or make I'm any label money. This episode explicit, so my children cannot listen to it. She'll have to marry. She'll have to marry for money, and she can just do her her passion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Hey, if I make it, she can get guest starring roles in any movie I'm in, right? I love it. TV show. But uh, I, I've always thought, I, I do the math, especially with the rising gas prices, and I'm like, if I didn't have kids, I'm fairly certain it would be cheaper to just Uber everywhere instead of owning a car, paying car insurance, paying gas, pay maintenance on the car. Um, I don't have a car payment, but most people do. Um and it's like I, I'm fairly certain if you were smart about choosing where and when you traveled and you worked from home, I think that's probably a, a large part of it. You know, I think it would be much cheaper to Uber. And, and you know, again, you can Instacart your groceries and your liquor stores and all that stuff. Um, depending where you live, of course, that plays a big role in it. I, I live in a, you know, moderately big city, I guess. Uh, but I do think it's an interesting thing is do, do you need to own a car nowadays to begin with? Um, because if you, again, obviously children complicate things, but a lot of grown adults don't have children now, especially nowadays. Um, you know, it costs me less than 20 bucks to get anywhere I want inside of the city. Amazon, Instacart, like you don't need to leave your house for that many things. If you think about it and you're pay, I pay over $200 a month and I've got a super clean driving record for car insurance. Um, you pay $200 a month on a 2010 300. Yeah. Florida. Here, well, Michigan had the worst race in the country, but. Oh yeah. yeah Michigan's I, terrible. Well, but, it, but we did get the new law in the place. So um, I drive an Audi and I don't pay that. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure why I pay so much. I'm going to actually be. Wait, uh, wait. I, I was on this podcast with this guy who used to be in insurance. You should go talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about rates, but yeah, no, I am. I am emailing an agent about switching my auto insurance. I think, dude, I, 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 granted, I don't know Florida, but I think that's high. That sounds high to me. Me but too. To, <laughs> I, to your point, I think. Uh, there's truth in saying this, like my car, I mean, I was way over the miles and we, and we only lease the one car. We keep a nice car for all the clients. So I, we pay ridiculous yeah. amount for it. Those aren't cheap cars. 
All the other cars, we, we own them or Cindy leased her car and then she just bought it. So she likes it. So either way, you're kind of breaking even you still buy it. So that being said, I'm home all day. I, I don't go out every day. Um, so yeah, your rates would be lower. Could you get stuff put you to your, like shipped to your door or you, or you say pay that? Is it worth the monthly fee for Walmart to deliver your groceries or Instacart, whatever? You factor all that in, your auto insurance should go down, blah, blah, blah. I think you have to be in a place where you're just close enough to or, or where you can like bike or a climate that allows you to bike or go do things that you don't have to um, worry about the car so much. Like my daughter, um, they actually let her park at the... Um, whatever the, the stadium for free and she just walks to her um apartment and so she does she rarely will use her car so that's an example where like i go when you when you get your new auto insurance don't tell them you drive three thousand miles a year and it's for leisure not even for work because that'll keep her rate down but to purely go like uberish you'd really have to be in a situation i think it's more of you could uber all the time quickly in a place where there's a lot of cars and be able to just flip it over. Like where I live, I could never do it. I would never do it. It would cost more money because if you go somewhere, you also have to take a round trip back. Right. Right. So now I think what's, but some people did during the pandemic is when people work from home, they, um, we have a friend, for example, who was in the travel industry. And so they wanted to cut back. So they sold their car. And by the time you add up the insurance, the gas and the, um, the DMV and the maintenance and all that, she probably saved 800 bucks a month because I didn't need two cars. So there's also another way to look at it. Well, because if you do have kids and have to drive them to school, that could be a way to cut back on some of that. But if you like live in the city though, and you live in a decent climate, or at least during times of the year, the weather's good, you could either walk or actually probably Uber away and probably definitely be cheaper in the car because you also have to have a place to park it and cost you money. So are you avoiding parking fees? And if you can do that, yeah. So- it just depends, man. I guess you got, it, it's your point. Is, you always have to look at your situation, but I think in the right, I think it's just a small percentage of what you're asking, but if you're in the right place, you could definitely, my daughter put it that way is doing it and she's not even Ubering. So it works. Yeah. There's a bunch of young professionals in her area. There's a bunch of, bunch of buildings around there where all people in her age range doing the same thing. You could definitely do it there. So it's a lot of major cities. Yeah. But if you get in the outskirts, I just don't know if it's feasible. Yeah, no, I, I know my, my brother, there is no Uber. He lives in North Florida and it's, you can't get Uber Eats. I'm like, well, here's why I'd never live there. Have to well, make my like, own why, meals. why is he living in North Florida? I don't know. He's weird. <laughs> he has goats now and chickens. and. Oh, we can just get on horseback then. Yeah, he doesn't have a horse yet, but I, I you go to a pet store up there. They try to sell you horses. That's he wanted to go buy a dog and they tried to sell him a horse. That's like, fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's a, it's a whole new world. Like it's, ah. it's the same state as me, but it's a different planet. <laughs> uh, well, you know, well, Florida's Florida's could almost be its own country. We are diverse and uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, so David, uh, I know you have the book. Uh, you got the podcast I've mentioned where, where do you want people to find you? Um and I'll link everything, of course, in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah, the book, it, actually the book's 15 years old now, but all the concepts still work, but it's uh, called I'm Not Flipping Burgers When I'm 70. And it'll run you through, really, it was 117 pages on budgeting. If you follow that, those 10 chapters and don't even read the rest of the book, I guarantee you, you'll save every dollar you bought the book for, which is not much these days. Um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not hard to read. It's, it's lots of tables and graphs. I mean, I'm a very detailed person. 
You could even go in there in the old days and look at the, from the old day mortgaging and it would go down to line 284 in the mortgage document and tell you what it means. That's how detailed I am. So that way you can just go find it because I want everybody to know everything. So if you're, if you're actually listening, you want to buy this thing or just, I'm telling you, go somewhere and do it. Please budget. I'm going to just plug the whole point. But without that being said, yeah, you can get that on Amazon. And then the first two chapters are um, on the website and then you can go link and buy the book for the rest of it if you want. Um, that website is somethingonmymind.net. And then uh, we take, I have personal finance tips every Thursday for about, they're about two minutes long. Um, those are also blogged and there's some other blog posts or just educational stuff. And there's all this other education on the site that gives you uh, a, get the budget base. It gives you the 12 month plan or all these little things you can use. They're all Excel form. You can go plug them away, use them as tools. Um, the podcast itself is on whatever platform you want to find. Media, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, Twitter, SOMM.podcast. And then we also have a full-length episode on Mondays that uh, Jeff's been talking about. And outside of that, um, you can go to the show and also submit a question. We love reading them. We love true scenarios, reading back people's scenarios in life. And it's a good, fun show. If you listen to it, um, you'll learn, you'll improve. So if not us, go find somewhere else and do it. Please, please, America. That's, that's my political guy. My, that's my political voice. It's kind of like that, um, the Simpsons political guy, whatever his name is. I always have that, uh, that guy. You heard it <laughs> first here, America. <laughs> I got. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just laughing in, inside my head because I'm thinking I'm going to submit an anonymous question and be like, <laughs> how much is $6,000 in a strip club in 2014 on a credit card with 20% interest? How much does that cost in total? <laughs> you might end up on, well, you might end up on one of our round tables, you know, in the beginning where we just bullshit <laughs> for 10 minutes about whatever. And we, and so if you've not listened, that's, we started, we're a very loose show. We yeah. talk about real life and, you know, what you would do in a scenario, what happened to me, and everybody has a little piece of their own story. You just might be on, I'm going to put you on the list there. All right. Well, I can, I can certainly embarrass myself with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you again for joining me for the second time uh, yep. on the podcast. I had a blast uh, talking with you, as I did last time as well. Uh, thanks again for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Had a great time, man. And, and uh, just good luck, man. Keep plugging away, man. Keep hitting those standups, man. Yeah, I I'll try. Thank you. <laughs> See you, buddy. Well, that was it. That was all. That was the episode. Thank you very much for joining me for this episode. It was a fun one for me. I hope it was for you. I'm so glad to at least halfway rectify the uh, the lost episode of the Jeff Macalino podcast. And thank you to David Milanos for coming on and, uh, you know, coming back on. So he deserves two credits, uh, even though he only gets one. Because, uh, you know, again, it's my stupidity. I'm not good with technology. One of these days, I'm going to discover the episode and be like, oh, this is so old. Maybe I'll maybe I'll squeeze it in somewhere. Uh, anyways, thanks to David for coming on. Check out the Something on My Mind podcast. Uh, it is fun uh, with him and uh, his son and uh, Sierra. Uh, 
they they have a full episode which is always really informative and they also have a short episode david does usually by himself once a week just like literally a two-minute podcast so subscribe to them for some good financial tips that should help you in uh day-to-day life and uh that's it hey do me a big favor go rate this episode on imdb and rate the podcast overall on imdb uh ideally give me 10 stars but you know give the podcast 10 stars at least if the episode was subpar give it nine eight whatever you know do what you want i'm i'm a libertarian i don't care what you do with your body uh uh anywho uh i appreciate it and uh you know if you're not doing it already if you're on twitter give me a follow or facebook like the jeff macalino podcast instagram uh tiktok is now a thing that i kind of sort of do sometimes uh and imdb and i'm getting some traction on there and that's helped that has helped with the ratings and by the way you can also rate on apple podcasts or spotify podcasts or wherever you're listening well maybe not wherever i don't know if places other than apple and google do things but if you can rate the podcast rate it if you're listening this long you clearly like it um and also give me some feedback because like i'm i'm recording episodes right now that are scheduled to be aired in june and uh you're listening to this on may 9th and i'm uh, recording this before then and that's if you're listening to it on the day it gets released so let me know. Give me a shout. Just shoot me a, um, a message. Say go to two two a week or maybe go to like six a month where every other week I do a Thursday release also. I don't know. Let me know your appetite for the Jeff Macalino podcast. And, uh, you know, I've become a pretty good cook. And I don't mean that metaphorically, but also metaphorically. I'd like to serve up what you want to digest uh, in your ears and in your stomach. But I'll only cook for you if you're local. And, uh, you know. Hey, shout out, by the way, to... uh, There's a market... I actually have to shout this out. There's a market that has soared up my ratings. And sorry, I didn't think to do this before an hour. I'd have it pulled up. Uh, Fox Lake, Illinois. I don't know who's there. And it can't be one person unless you're listening to all my episodes like two, three times to get the percentage pull that you're getting. Uh, So shout out to Fox Lake, Illinois. Uh, St. Petersburg, Florida is obviously my number one market. Uh, Pinellas Park in Tampa, close behind. Close-ish behind. Not that close behind. But yeah, Fox Lake, Illinois. Never heard of you. Uh, you have actually surpassed San Jose, California, which was always my number one out-of-state market. So shout out to all of you. California, I love clicking on California because I've got so many places there that have listened to me. It's fun to see. But shout out to all of you. And, and shout out to my North Carolina listeners, too, by the way, because that is my, uh, up until Fox uh, Fox Lake, Illinois, Moved Illinois way up the charts. North Carolina was always my number three state in the rankings as far as uh, states that listen to me. Ahead of 
just slightly ahead of Virginia and New York. Uh, so shout out to everyone, no matter what state you're listening. I still have not seen an Alaskan listener or a Hawaiian listener. So I feel like uh, the non-contiguous United States is a little bit biased against me. So, you know, we'll, we'll reach out there sometime. Anyways, I'm long-winded, nonsensical. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And uh, hey, thanks for listening. Peace.